to Risk Chats with a Firm. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. Today we have a whole bunch of folks in the room. It's talking about the cybersecurity community of interest. Nahala Ivy, Julie Chua, special guest Tom Brandt, our firm president, and of course our co-host Talcina. So sit back and enjoy and learn about our cybersecurity community of interest. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we're speaking with the Affirm Cybersecurity Community of Interest. And we have quite a room here full of people, so, uh, and actually we have someone on the phone. So why don't we start off with Julie on the phone. Hello, Julie. Hi, good morning. My name is Julie Chua and I am the Risk Management Branch Chief within the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Information Security. And I have two hats within my role. I am responsible for overseeing the cybersecurity protections of our federal systems. And I am also a lead for quite a variety of critical infrastructure protection initiatives for cybersecurity of the healthcare and public health sector as a whole. Okay, awesome. Um, Nahala. Hello, yes, I'm Nahala Ivey. I'm the Enterprise Risk Management Officer with NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology. We are a bureau under the U.S. Department of Commerce, and uh, I've been running the ERM program and stood that program up in uh, 2013 and have been working at it ever since. Um, I'm also happy to be here today with Julie, partnering with her on our uh, cybersecurity ERM community of interest. Um, in particular to bring the NIST uh, Community Cybersecurity Standards Group and others uh, into, the, into the discussion with us. Great, thanks. Um, and we have Tom. Great, thanks, Paul. And hi, everyone. I'm Tom Brandt, uh, the Chief Risk Officer at the IRS, but also the President of AFIRM, and really pleased to be here today. Okay, and our, my, our co-host, Tal. Hello, I'm Tal Seaman, and I'll be your Risk Chat co-host. Okay. All right, well, let's kick it off. Um, why don't we start off with uh, Nahala, if you can just give us a little bit about the origins of this uh, cybersecurity community of interest, please. Yes, absolutely. So this um, cyber ERM community of interest is really an organically grown uh, group of federal ERM and now increasingly some IT practitioners. Um, and what we're looking to do is bridge communications really across the federal ERM and CIO functions. Uh, including how to connect the dots between what our agencies are doing with cyber security risk management uh, and what we're doing with our agency level ERM programs which are much newer and a little bit fresher um, in the federal space. So it really arose from this common area of interest and concern that cybersecurity is a top risk at most of our agencies and uh, developed originally out of the federal ERM community due to an increasing number of inquiries that federal risk officers, chief risk officers, and ERM program managers um, had started receiving regarding, well, how well is your agency cybersecurity risk management going? Mm -hmm. And how are you connecting to that process? And what is the insight? And how are you connecting the dots to your larger enterprise risk register? Um, so that was one area of interest where I think the ERM community didn't always have a great answer for, right? We're still trying to figure out that piece of our puzzle. Um, and then also just some confusion that was raised um, in some of the recent FISMA audits 
that had been going on in some agencies where the cyber enterprise was kind of being misconstrued for what the agency level ERM program was and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So the ownership of where the corrective actions or where the response should come from within an organization was getting a little bit fuzzy. Um, so it's, it was kind of an indicator that we at federal agencies need to do a little bit more to actually define what these functions are and then communicate better with each other across across these functions and these different domains um, to help us understand how we should best and most effectively interact with each other. Uh, and so, Julie, I think that was part of how we kicked off that first meeting in July 2018. Yeah, Julie, uh, you want to chime in as well? Sure, yes. And I was actually very excited when this was being established and I started off as a member from the IT and the information security side of things. And I'm very lucky to have been invited to be a co-chair with NALA and NIST and really push forward these discussions. So why is it important for us for cybersecurity? And the message that we've been giving from an HHS and health sector perspective is Cybersecurity is not just an IT issue. And we are finding that a lot of boards, C-suite, or you know, senior leadership, they are seeing cybersecurity as just, oh, IT is taking care of that, and the budget line item is underneath IT. So it's a challenge. And I think it gets a little more complicated when, as Nala mentioned, enterprise, the word, is being used very loosely when we're talking about risk management. So if you talk to a IT or information security professional and you ask them, are you doing enterprise risk management? And they say, absolutely. I protect my environment and I make sure that I have enterprise tools across my operating division or across my agency. So with that answer, you can clearly tell that there is a gap. And when you ask about the involvement of their budget officers or their chief uh, financial officers, that is, you get blank stares essentially. And, go, and they go, well, that's not my job. So what we're trying to do is make sure that everyone knows that it's a team responsibility. And now that we do have firm ERM concepts, principles, requirements, we at least at HHS have been leaning forward with this. We've developed risk profiles and portfolios. And as with any large agency, we do have information security and privacy in those portfolios and we are partnering with our ERM team to make sure that we we are all um, discussing this together. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask Tom, since he's in the room, he's our president, um, you know, did you see that there was, it made sense to have a separate group for this as well, cybersecurity? Oh, absolutely. And I think this actually came out of uh, discussions at prior summits and also some of uh, our luncheon discussions where uh, the issues came up, I think, that Nahala kind of pointed to where there was growing confusion over the term enterprise. And we saw that happening in the course of audits. But then 
also just questions around kind of what really is the role of the CRO or the head of ERM, you know, with regards to uh, their involvement or understanding or even the way in which they connect up with the chief information officer, the chief information security officer, and trying to understand the nature of the cyber risk. And I think back to both Julia and Nahala's point, I mean, cyber risk really is showing up as an enterprise risk for most organizations. So, you know, as we're, you know, I think implementing ERM across the federal sector, it really is important for the ERM community to really be able to articulate kind of what's the connection to the CIO organization and how do we both work together, I think, in trying to better understand um, and address uh, the agency response to cyber risk. And uh, I think part of this challenge is probably helping grow this together is while the ERM playbooks from OMB just came out a year or two ago, the CFO framework, the CIO framework, uh, credit risk frameworks for financial organizations and then for operational organizations where they've had that deal with risky areas afloat, aloft, or uh, you know hazard management out in the field, they all had these existing risk management frameworks and how are we gluing them all together now at the enterprise level with a framework that makes sense to discuss these different portfolios for decision making on a portfolio basis. Yeah, I think, you know, Tal, you and I, when we were helping some agencies with this, I mean, it seemed like CIO cyber popped up almost immediately. You know, it was, you know, we started with a lot of folks start with CFO shop, but CIO cyber, it pops up really quick. You know, it's just something that needs to be integrated into it. So, well, now, Julie, why don't we go into uh, my next question here for you? So what what's the membership of the uh, community of interest? What, you know, who, who's participating in this? Sure. So the group is still mostly comprised of federal ERM practitioners. Uh, they were the ones who felt the need to convene amongst themselves. And I think as we get the word out that we are trying to bridge the gap between the CIO CISO community and the ERM community, we will be encouraging more participants from that side. And I actually take that as my role and my job to make sure that we are well represented in this group. And just to build on the importance of and the benefits actually of this forum is it's kind of a safe space for federal partners to come together and say, we have no idea how to solve this problem. And we would like to reach out to each community and be able to say what we are seeing in the field and have no judgment um, upon us. And the other main thing I wanted to emphasize is this used to be a nice to have discussion. Nala and I were talking a few weeks ago and now we're seeing that it is a need to have and continue this active engagement across both, both sides. Right. Well, speaking of that, so now, you know, what are some of the actual topics that you all have been discussing in the group recently? I think there's a, a couple, two or three you wanted to speak to? Nahal? Yeah, we do. We have um, some themes that have been coming out of the, the initial discussions, and we've met about once a quarter uh, in our first year, so we'll, we'll keep up that schedule. But um, the, 
the first topic really relates to agency governance models for ERM and cybersecurity. So it's this discussion of how can these various executives who are really tagged with risk management responsibilities work together beyond their existing silos and what are the mechanisms to do that? For example, at a risk council, where of course you typically have your chief risk officer running running the council, um, or a head of agency, or you know a delegated uh, uh, agency representative. Um, but also in those models, and for example at NIST, we have our CIO at the table um, as part of that committee, and I think that's a pretty common practice, the CIO function. Um, but if a risk council or committee doesn't exist at your agency, then what are other mechanisms to ensure that the communication across the financial, the risk, and the you know the agency level ERM program and the cybersecurity function are are informing each other, right? Whether at um, intentional points of time during the course of the year or in a more fluid kind of ongoing manner, right? So there there has to be a platform for that to, to that to occur. Um, and the other topic that we've been talking about relates to uh, the NIST risk management frameworks. Um, so that's one of the roles that I play in connecting the dots with our uh, FISMA standards team and our lead uh, team for the cybersecurity framework in the Information Technology Lab at NIST. Um, in particular, what we've been looking at is the risk management framework, as it's called, um, Revision 2.0. It's for those in the IT space, it's NIST special pub 800-37 and they have now uh, released that revision to with emphasis on the organizational preparation phase for an agency um, really defining what the organization needs to do to have a robust um, environment for for effective cybersecurity and IT systems risk management um, the role of the risk executive is a function that's now called out, and that risk executive could be defined in your agency differently as a single individual or as a committee or council like we discussed. Um, there's kind of shared responsibilities with the chief risk officer and the CIO and agency leadership, right? It's kind of what Julie was talking about regarding a shared, uh, shared responsibility. And then also some expectations around how they should be communicating and informing each other, particularly also as it relates relates to defining appropriate risk appetite for mm -hmm. the organization and how that should be translated or risk tolerance is the term that's used in the um, in the publication. Um, and the other aspects of the cybersecurity frameworks relate to business speak and what tips and takeaways should we have in looking at those frameworks from NIST regarding how cybersecurity risk reporting should actually inform business decisions, resource allocation decisions, those connections, which really is kind of the holy grail when it comes to risk-based decision-making is how does it inform money, right, and, and decisions on funding for cyber risk. Um, and another aspect of, of this discussion with the NIST frameworks relates to the privacy risk. Um, so how can the chief privacy officer, chief information officer, the CISOs and others um, stay apprised of uh, risks uh, and communicate with the enterprise risk function um, so that that function, which is, again, typically not in the reporting chain for the CIO CISO or privacy officer typically, typically goes straight up through to leadership. How do we help connect the dots so the enterprise risk officer knows if there's a emerging risk related to privacy, right, um, and are not hearing too late in the game, um, but also not 
um, deterring the resolution of those issues. That's something that we don't want to slow down as, as ERM professionals. Um, and I will note that NIST is actively developing a new privacy framework. Um, per the uh, note that Julie said around similar terminology, the privacy framework is entitled currently an enterprise risk management tool for privacy. Um, and so keep an eye out for that. There'll be opportunities to influence um, that framework from the federal agency side. Great. And Julie, you had another uh, topic to cover. Yes, I do. So one of the key benefits of this forum is sharing best practices across agencies. And what we are trying to do is inviting current members of the COI to offer up any use cases that they have within their agencies that tie in the performance or strategic planning uh, and the risk management activities that they have. For example, we recently had an organization present to us where their strategic planning and enterprise risk management office worked with the CISO's office and they did a use case in terms of how do we connect enterprise risk including cyber risk and make some decisions regarding funding strategy and budget. So to me, that is one of the main challenges that we hear from our stakeholders. And from a cyber perspective, we are always looking for ways to quantify cyber risks and being able to present that to senior leadership and say, this is why you need to pay attention to this. And they won't, for example, understand numbers from a vulnerability scan or a pen test and translating those findings to business and emission impact, as well as making sure, like Nala said, that it does go up the chain into the ERM council and into the budget and, um, risk officers uh, awareness is really key and i think the third thing is fostering that partnership across erm cio and ciso and getting the best practices from agencies who are participating in this coi mm-hmm. one point too that i think is interesting to make and recognizing again that erm as a practice in the federal government is still relatively new, you know, the OMB guidance really only came out about three years ago and um, agencies are, you know, at different stages in terms of implementation, but I think the opportunity that our, you know, our, fr- our groups such as the COI provide is, is that venue for, for, for ERM practitioners to get together and to talk about the different approaches that they've been using as they're implementing, say, governance as an example. And just to share uh, sort of our um, approach at IRS and what we've learned is in in actually the the work of our executive risk committee, initially our CIO was a rotational member of our executive risk committee, as was our chief privacy officer. And we found when their term ended and they rotated off, 
that so many of our top enterprise risks had an element that involved cyber or IT or privacy that we really needed them to be part of those deliberations. And so we've just actually made a change to our governance structure that actually has made our CIO and our, and our chief privacy officer permanent members. But I think to the point that Hala brought up, you know, each agency as you're looking through kind of the mission of the agency and your top risks uh, and the type of work you do, um, I suspect that privacy and that cyber elements are going to be very closely connected to a number of the enterprise risks. And um, that is something as we're reviewing governance as to kind of what is the role of uh, those uh, executives um, within those governance operations. So Nahala, what are, I mean, so, so what are some of the other initiatives or, or things that your group is, is doing right now? What kind of activities do you have? What kind of, uh, you know, how do the meetings go? Give us a little insight into that. Yeah, and um, first and foremost, we're welcoming additional participants. So if your interest is piqued from this conversation today, please do contact Julie or myself. Um, but the idea is that we've been trying to meet three or four times a year uh, to just first initially collaborate and understand what the common challenges are so that we can understand where the opportunities are for p possibly small project teams to actually work on some specific deliverables, potentially a white paper or a summary of best practices from what we're learning, as Julie said, through these conversations, um, or other types of documents that we collectively agree might help inform agencies on kind of what the best practices are in communicating across these functions, um, also how to leverage NIST standards um, and how to interpret those. And I think that's an area that I um, would like to, you know, pursue and I'm working on behind the scenes with our NIST standards team um, to, uh, you know, help us actually translate and identify um, how in operation some of those best practices could actually look. Um, and that can also be somewhat of a guidance for agencies who are trying to figure this out mm -hmm. um, without codifying it in a way that it's a must-have, right? Um, the other thing that we've been talking about and we'll be talking more about in our next session um, relates to uh, an uh, OMB ERM initiatives. Um, so OMB has been starting to discuss with our federal community um, an initiative to support ERM integration into agencies as a best practice. Right, so that creates an opportunity for this community of interest to really inform the discussion on the specific topic of integrating cybersecurity risk management, um, again, with agency-level ERM. And our understanding through dis recent discussions on this with our interagency work groups um, and OMB is um, potential to inform a surge group under their third strategy, which is called integrate risk management. So that creates an opportunity for the, the conversations to actually produce something um, that could be a guide, as I mentioned, or a reference for, for others. Um, and Julie had some, some other ideas on specific projects that HHS is working on. Yes, great. Thanks, Nala. So this project that I'm going to speak about is called Section 405D, and it is born out of a legislation called the Cybersecurity Act of 2015. And as Nala mentioned, it is specific to the health sector, and it calls for HHS to convene a public-private partnership forum to align health industry security approaches. So this task group is still ongoing. It is in progress with a lot of the work that we've done. Um, the current output is 
a publication called Health Industry Cybersecurity Practices. And it was released in December. And one of the things that we did not scope in that publication was risk management. And it was deliberate. So now that we've released that initial document, the task group is actually continuing the work to produce additional resources that are augmenting the current publication and also new resources as we push that mission of the legislation. So as it connects to the COI, there is a small subgroup within that bigger task group that is now looking at cybersecurity and enterprise risk management. And I found that very timely, as well as I'm glad that the task group chose to tackle that in the next iterations. So we were thinking that this group, the COI group, would be able to inform and be informed by this work. And again, it is a public-private partnership, so you do have thought leaders from the industry, private sector, who are working on this with uh, HHS and NIST is part of the task group, DHS is a, a part of the task group as well. Yeah, very interesting. That's great. I mean, it just sounds like yeah. this group is really producing a lot of really good results and a lot of good information. Um, and actually, that kind of goes to my next question. You know, what, what kind of things do you all specifically, you know, do you find that the members of this initiative uh, share with each other? And then what things are you sharing with a firm as, as a whole or the public? Uh, yeah, Julie, won't give us some insight on that. Sure, and I think our main uh, tenet, I think, with between Nala and me is to share information. We want to make sure that, to the extent possible and appropriate, of course, that anything that we discuss within this cyber COI, we get to share with our federal um, partners, and they are able to use, leverage, if we end up developing tools, guidelines, or other resources out as an output of this group, those are things that we do plan to share. And I think Nala, from a logistics or process perspective, we do try to share the key takeaways from our meetings. And um, I wanted to make sure that we mentioned that as well. That's right. We'll we'll do some version of meeting minutes. We'll try to keep agnostic to agency names, mm -hmm. um, right. again, to keep that safe space. But uh, I think these are important, particularly as we're rolling in additional folks to see and hear what's been discussed uh, in our initial meetings, but very much still in the early stages. We're about a year in, a few meetings under our belt, and we look forward to, you know, developing some more things that could be possibly actionable and helpful for, for multiple agencies. Right. And I think, you know, with Tal and I, we spoke with Valerie, Valerie uh, last week at another podcast, hopefully you've listened to already, uh, about the small agency uh, community of practice. Uh, we talked about, was it a portal or something that you were sharing information on? Yes, a uh, firm has made their IT resources available to create a repository such that community members and then a firm members in general can use, put frameworks, uh, templates, and other aids that have been developed, training uh, that the uh, other members can poach from. <laughs> there we go. Is that something it's you guys would It's a great platform, yes. That direction too? Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I think once we have something developed, then we, we should definitely be able to, to post that information there. 
for general consumption. Yeah, and Tom, I mean, in general, you know, what, what are you thinking? What is a firm thinking as far as uh, these communities? Um, are, I think we have, is it three right now? We do have three. So there's the small agency, there's the cyber, and there's data analytics. And again, I think what this does is it helps us to provide that form to, for, for the organization and for those individuals that um, have an interest in, in certain areas to take maybe a bit of a deeper dive on kind of some of the issues and opportunities in that space. But um, I think the model that's been set up, certainly through the work that Val's done and now with the Holland Julie and then also with Curtis on the data and the data analytics piece, is working well, and I can see opportunities for additional uh, communities of interest over time, and you know, addressing some other areas of either opportunity or even some where there might be some challenges and how are agencies approaching some different requirements. And so, just as an example, I know there's kind of a growing interest potentially around how we're managing um, third-party risk um, and, and supply chain risk. So that could be potentially another type of COI that could get established as well. Okay. Yeah, and we, and we will be uh, recording a podcast with the data analytics community soon. So we'll have all three on here and look forward to that soon with Curtis. Um, so I think just a final question for, uh, for everyone is, you know, what, what is the future of the group? What would you, what would you all like to, to do in the next few months or a year? Uh, maybe Nahala, you can start on that. Sure, yeah. Um, first of all, definitely check out the Affirm Communities of Interest website. Um, we do have our contact information, both Julie's and mine, posted there. Um, please contact us if you'd like to attend a meeting or just be apprised of what we're doing and be on our distribution. Um, but I think our goal will actually be to determine what specific projects the team should undertake um, so that we can start developing some content. And I think um, you know, initially it, it is a process of understanding what the challenges are and understanding where our common ground is. Um, but I think we've we've identified that common ground over the past year now and can actually take that and move that into something and, and collaborate hopefully with NIST and HHS a little bit more closely on these uh, project op opportunities that we discussed. All right, Julie, I'll, I'll give you the final word. So my goal is to have more CIO and CISO participation and if we don't have you know increased membership from that group then i'm not doing my job <laughs> so i'm committing to that and making sure that we have robust conversations great and i think what we can do to help with that too julia is that we certainly know that we have a lot of members in the erm side of our community that listen to these podcasts and i would really encourage them to to share information about the podcast with their colleagues in the agencies in the cio and ciso uh, communities that will help help you out in that endeavor. And it seems Great. like you know the affirm strength so far has been the forum. Whether it started with the summit and then uh, with uh, the other events in the communities during the year, it seems like, and this is for Tom, that as these uh, forums start producing things, that uh, maybe it's uh, there's that role for a firm to start producing a handbook of its own on these fairly unique but powerful junctures mm -hmm. of, of practitioner uh, value adds uh, as uh, one of our firm's role in uh, promoting uh, promoting the practice throughout the entire community. Absolutely, thank yeah. you. And I'm definitely interested in you know more podcasts. I mean, I know we're, we've been trying to get one together with I think CMS and some other folks on cyber. So we'll definitely uh, be looking for some more wonderful guests like yourselves. Okay, well, we're going to sign off. Thanks, everybody, for today. And uh, I think this was a great conversation, and I appreciate everybody being here. Thank you.
That's our show. Thanks for joining us. Check us out at affirm.org. Long list of podcasts there and many more to come. Should have plenty to keep you busy as we're nearing our fiscal year end. And until next time, this is your host, Paul Marshall, signing off for Risk Chats with Affirm.